from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Speaking of ESPN, joining us now, sports analytics, Seth Walder on the Houston Automotive Group Hotline. Seth, what's going on, man? Not too much. Been thinking a lot about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I'm with you. It's not going to stop. We're going to be <laughs> a lot of Rodgers. Doesn't matter what's happening in the tournament. We're nope. going to be talking Rodgers. I'm not. I'm not hating it. I'm an NFL guy, you know, but. I'm not hating it. I, I, almost, I almost feel like I need for you to do an analytics deep dive on the amount of minutes that Aaron Rodgers can actually create content, right? Like <laughs> he just says something on Pat McAfee's show. Like, all right, Seth, give me the amount of minutes spent talking about it. Oh, he drew it out yesterday, too. He was really, <laughs> he really, and don't get me wrong, I'm one of the, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are, that are there to oh, yeah. be watching him, but. He's a piece of work, man. He's a piece of work. But it's NCAA tournament time, Seth. And, you know, BPI, Ken Palm, all these things start to get used around this time of year. But I actually want to start with the metrics that are used in the NCAA tournament. And once again, we're having this debate about the Mountain West. Uh, here in ACC country, we get annoyed because we get told things like, Ah, oh, well, clearly the Mountain West is better. Look, look at where the conference ranks ahead of the ACC. And they got multiple bids, except that when it comes to the NCAA tournament, they ain't winning games. And you look at how they, they kind of I don't manipulate is a very loaded term for the Mountain West, but how does that play into the metrics that are used by the committee and whether or not we can truly judge a good basketball team from another? That's a really interesting question. And personally, you know, I would say in I think when you're comparing conferences, there are, are a lot of ways to do it. I'm not sure there's a perfect way. It, by our but when we look at it, when we look at average BPI rating for teams. Uh, we, you know, we do have the ACC uh, ahead of the Mountain West there. The, I think, to me, I think it's really hard for me to say, oh, if you just look at a couple of tournament games and try and really overrate them. Because, like, the whole – I mean, we just know. I mean, what's the, why, why is it that we love college – why is it that we love March Madness? Because we know that anything can happen in a given game – and one of the reasons why I think I like metrics like BPI or Ken Palm or whatever is that we're, we're trying to take this, this problem, which is sort of a small sample problem, and look at everything all together and, 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 to, and to piece it together like, like that by combining mm. everything and looking at every piece of information that we have. So I, I try not to, though I think there are some cases, I try not to think about too much like, oh, okay, you know, this one win in the tournament means X for the conference. But you're right. I mean, there's ripple effects. You can't think about it that way. I know I'm sort of like waffling on your question, but uh, but it, it, it's a hard thing to compare. Seth Walder, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Vias. I'm Joe Giulio. All right, Seth, if I gave you a million dollars, could you crack the en- the net code? <laughs> If you give me a million dollars, could I crack the net code? Yes. Because I could sell it to a bunch of ACC coaches. So just so you know, I'd pay you a million, and then I would charge them $3 million. Oh, so this is a win-win for everybody. Correct. Okay, I got you. Correct. <clears throat> I think if we – I'll say this. I wouldn't say me. If you gave if you gave our team over at ESPN Analytics a million dollars, I might, you know, it's a bunch of us now, so we got to get to like a million five. Okay. Uh, then, then, uh, then uh, I think we could spend some time. I think we could. I think we could get there. 
I think we can get close to it, get a net replicator and try and figure it out. And yeah, maybe, maybe they could try and try and, yeah, use that ACC coaches try and use that. I mean, it's like, we kind of know, we kind of know it sort of ends up in, I don't know. Yeah. Give us, give us a million five and some time. I think we could, I think we could figure something out close. Why do you think the NCAA won't disclose the actual net formula? We knew what the RPI was. I, I feel like there are, the Mountain West teams are actually still using the old RPI formula. Um, it's not yeah. that difficult to, to realize, hey, you shouldn't play games at home, and hey, you shouldn't play teams that are ranked you know, higher than 150, it's certainly not in anything higher than 200. My guess is <clears throat> it's partly what you guys are getting at, which is like you don't want someone to be – kind of like manipulating things or scheduling things based on sort of quirks. But that's not a good reason to me. I mean, I think if you can like, and, and a second reason might be something like, okay, like uh, we have our two metrics, right? BPI and strength of record. So BPI is predictive strength of record is uh, re a resume metric. And you, these are things that are used by, you know, they're on the team sheets for the, for the selection committee and all that. Like, let me give you a quirk and an example of something I can imagine like the NCAA would, would not want, would not like, which is like at the end of the season, sometimes what happens is um, you're playing, maybe you're really close with some team and strength of record, right? You're, you know, maybe you're trying to get a one seed and you're sitting at five and strength of record. And then you play a, a, a conference championship game and you blow out your opponent. So that helps your BPI rating because we say, wow, you blew them out, so you're probably pretty good. But you hurt your opponent's BPI rating uh, in the process, which makes your strength of record, it's less impressive than to beat them because, because they're worse than we thought. And so, like, that's, like, it's all fine in aggregate, but I can imagine if, if someone's, like, really looking closely, they're going to see that weirdness. I don't think it's illogical. It's just, it's just odd. I'm guessing that's the thing. But to me, like, I'm with you. Like, if we're going to – like just make it open, and then and then let's all be playing on this on this open plane. I mean, there's a lot of things. I don't like the I don't like the quadrants. I think that's that's art that's arbitrary endpoints. Mm -hmm. Like there's just not there's just like it's just not necessary to do that. That's like strength of record solves all of these problems into one number, in my opinion. So so Seth, when you talk like, about when you talk about strength of record, and it's a term that's yeah. been it's been used a, a lot in the last couple of years, but football I don't, more so now too. I don't think people. Yeah understand what strength of record is they understand understand strength of schedule but yeah. w what is in the most you know explain like i'm five what strength of record is it's the chance that you a chance that a team could achieve the record that you achieved based on the schedule that you played and so here's why it's important like uh if you are Right. So if we, we all understand strength of schedule, right? Mm -hmm. It's schedule. We understand it, especially also incorporating, you know, home and away and all that. But uh, so strength of schedule, if we have two teams that are both, uh, you know, 29 and four and they have the same strength of schedule or, and, and, or if they're both 29 and four, they have different strength of schedules. We can easily say who accomplished more. Right. But what if one team has 26 wins and one team is 29 wins, but the team with 29 wins had a way easier strength of schedule. That's where strength of record comes in. It could reconcile those differences and it could say, which of these two things was more, uh, was more impressive. Was it harder to get 29 wins against the easy schedule or 26 wins against the harder schedule? And that's, that's the question that answers for us. And that's why to me, I think in both, 
sports, I mean, in, especially in college football, like I think we spent all this time debating a thing that is basically, in my opinion, can be solved by a, a single number. There are a few debates on, on them on the margins uh, about how you go about that. But to me, that's like the answer. That's the answer. Who would? Uh, if we just went, if we just picked our bracket, Final Four, national champion by strength of record, what would our Final Four be? If you just went strictly strength of record, it would be. So I just want to make sure these guys are all in different regions. So you'd have it would be Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, and Texas. Yeah, okay, that would be the that would be the that would be the strength of record Final that's, Four. That's very See, chalky. Nobody's talking about Kansas this year. It's one of those teams. I, I'm terrified of they're the only one i don't have a ticket on texas uh arizona and kansas are the two teams i don't have a ticket for so th- those are the ones that probably will come home seth i also have nothing on kansas so so then i think we've locked it in now all right perfect love it seth walder joining us espn sports analytics on the og alongside joe Gilio. i'm joe ovias we appreciate the time all right so let's let's close on this we got Duke in action tonight. Based on BPI, how how far how far is Duke going here? Ooh, good question. Okay, so yeah, I think they're a really interesting case because being you know the way they finish the season, I think there's yeah some some optimism, but I think in the, BPI is going to be it's going to look at the whole picture. So here's how we have it for Duke: like we give them a 79 percent chance. Uh, to win their first game, but just a 21% chance to reach the Sweet 16. Now, here's the thing about that, though. Major caveat, which is that they're likely facing Tennessee in that round of 32 game, and we are overrating Tennessee, uh, like, absolutely. You know, late-season injuries this year have caused, for a number of teams, the model to be off. We don't have an in-season injury adjustment, and so where the model is most vulnerable – is when we have a late injury. And so for Tennessee, that's the case. So when I say 21% for Duke to reach the Sweet 16, 9% for the Elite Eight, I can I, I feel confident that that number is underrating their chances okay. because of the fact that they're going to meet Tennessee. How about NC State in action tomorrow? NC State. I, I, guess, got... I, bet you, I bet you, Seth, with all the radio hits you've done this week, how many NC State Wolfpack questions have you received? This is my first. Ah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but our audience wants to know, Seth. What's the hey, deal? Hey, hey, listen, listen. We cater to where, where you are, all right? One in four <laughs> shots to win, to win in the first round. 8% chance to reach the Sweet 16. Okay. But, you know, the key is always, like, the way I think about it is, like, uh, did well, I had something going for you, but but I, like I like to look at where where our numbers have versus how many people put them in their bracket. So like if if we say NC State is an eight percent chance to get the Sweet Sixteen, but only two percent of p- people put them in their bracket to go that far, yeah. then maybe it's like not the worst five. But in this case, nine percent of brackets have NC State. That's 16, that's so. that's called NC State fans going hard in the paint. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Seth, we appreciate it, man. Good stuff as always. Enjoy the tournament.
More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away your heart it's the only one you have fortunately you also have a choice expert cardiologists talented surgeons highly skilled specialists all of whom chose wake med why the main reason is the same reason patients choose wake med everything you need for the best possible care is right here learn more at wakemed.org wake med heart and vascular physicians your heart your choice. Also, check out a brief history of Triangle Sports, brought to you by Copiers Plus. This was the episode I was waiting for. Which one? This is the Jake Delhomie episode. No, that's next week. Oh, okay. That's that's the epilogue to mm. uh, this this uh, Raleigh Durham Skyhawks podcast. Should I have said spoilers? No, it's fine. Okay, we'll preview the the final episode next week. In this in this episode, episode six. We uh, we highlight the end. It's a wrap for the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. They don't win a game. We hardly knew you. <laughs> they picked up and went to Columbus, Ohio, right? And oh, so the, the did they keep the Skyhawks name? No, they oh. became the they became the Ohio Glory ah. in 1992, and then the World <laughs> League then what? the World League had to hit the reset button. <laughs> uh, after that, they took two years off and they came back rebranded. The we laugh. Uh, well, they finally understood. Wait a minute, we sound like the call letters to an FM comedy channel. No, that's not a good idea. W A L W L A F. It's what it was. The so, we laugh. So we um, uh, talked to Michael Kennedy, uh, who was the equipment manager for the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks, and for, he has some amazing right. swag, doesn't he? It's for two reasons. One, you know, you want to, you know, what happens to football players and football coaches? You know, maybe they have another crack at it. You know, et cetera. But, but Michael is a class. There are other football jobs, you know, and he was the first equipment manager, full-time equipment manager at Wake Forest for football. And the Skyhawks was an opportunity for him. And when the Skyhawks ended, his football career also ended. Uh, but he was the one guy who's kept all the stuff. Because <laughs> you can't find Skyhawks man. stuff, man. Smart man. Dude, the satin jacket he brought in when I talked to him, I would have given him $500 right there. But obviously, he's the keeper of the Skyhawks here. So, new episode out today. Uh, it covers a lot of ground. If you think it's just about the team itself, it really does highlight an interesting time in this area in 1991. Uh, shout out to, to Doc uh, Tarheel, uh, where he pointed out, yeah, 1991 was a wild time in the triangle. You had the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks, a part of the World League of American Football, the Ice Caps playing hockey at Dorton Arena, and the Bullfrogs playing the Global Basketball Association led by Chris Corciani, also being played at Dorton Arena. Now, I've Dorton done, was a hub. It really was. Uh, so the Skyhawks episodes highlight a very interesting time about professional sports here, the lack of beer sales at Carter-Finley Stadium, uh, and the final episode, which will drop next week, does feature conversations. It's a requiem for the World League of American Football because it was a good idea. It was actually useful. And Steve Logan, who 
y'all know here as ECU's old head coach, uh, used to do radio with us, spent a couple years in the World League of American Football or NFL Europe and loved it. It was football stripped down to its bare essence. He loved it. And Jake DeLome, who doesn't become Jake DeLome without the reps that are given. And you look at you look at the grand problem of football right now and how everybody's just flailing around looking for the next QB when properly used NFL Europe did exactly as as advertised. Development, reps, you get Kurt Warner out of this, you yeah. get Jake DeLome out of this. Imagine if you Matt Corral with the Carolina Panthers, who's never where gonna see the he, field. Where would he be? He's not going to see the without field. reps. Yeah, just give him some extra time. Practice squad doesn't mean what you think it means. Mm-mm. You don't get reps with the first team guys, so you go and develop. And also, the other thing about World League of American Football is, as Logan illustrates in his uh, in his episode next week, young coaches got opportunities there too. They would Call send plays. Sure. they would send guys to Europe to get mentored by coaches like Steve Logan. So it was an investment, but of course, the NFL is not really interested in an investment. They want to squeeze as much profit well, as possible. Well, now so they, they look at colleges. It. They've always looked at colleges always, as yeah. their minor league. Always but to have. your point, you know, there are a lot of good quarterbacks that don't get on the field yep. and could use actual gameplay. I feel like the AAIIFFF was was hoping to do something yeah. like that. The awful. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the I feel Alliance like, of American Football. I feel like they were trying to do something to connect with the NFL in order to have something like that where you had quarterback development. They I don't want to share. I do think there is something to that. They didn't want to share. But I'll tell you what, you know I love the XFL right now with the with the, the super-duper sky judge. That was, it will change your life. I'm telling you, you get a little off time, you get a little downtime. you get Dean Blandino. I, we need Dean Blandino to solve all of our problems Might in life, be. right? You, you mentioned what they're doing with the XFL and the sky judge. There's a, there's a reference for you. NFL Europe did the same stuff. You know, in NFL Europe, you got four points if you kick field goals longer than 50 yards. Love it. They yeah. have three-pointers in the XFL. Why not? Three-point right? plays. Why not? All right, so the final four. Who you got? I'm boring. I'm super boring. Alabama, Houston. Okay. We all have Duke. And then UConn is my... UConn's my Big East team. Gotcha. Dennis, who's in your final four? Bama, Houston, Kansas, Duke. Oh, see, okay. I have State, Duke, Houston, and Kansas. Like That's it. my final four. I, I want. I got Houston winning it all, but I, I want a State-Duke final four. I want the symmetry of it all. I You take the State-Houston final then. <laughs> nah, that's that's too easy. That's Feels too like easy. 83. <laughs> no, nah, that's too easy. That's too easy. Speaking of the Blue Devils, Chris Lee is with the Blue Devils in Orlando. Uh, not in Greensboro. Same with like State. Not in Gre- Pitt's in Greensboro because they won their first four game. And, um, yeah, tickets are not really expensive right now. I saw Josh Graham posted that uh, tickets for tomorrow's games are four bucks. Four bucks. What? The fees are more expensive than the tickets themselves. We'll check in with Chris Lee next. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.